Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. It's the last sermon in the Gospel of John series that we've been in for a while, and it's also the first sermon in our Next Level uh, Living series. Next Level is our theme uh, for 2023. We, we mentioned it on Vision Sunday at the beginning of the year. And the scripture uh, that we, kind of our, our, our theme verse for the year for Next Level Living is in Isaiah 43. And God's saying, I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you, do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And we talked on Vision Sunday all about, as Christians, as believers, as Coastline, as a church, taking things to the next level in so many areas. We talked about um, how we were going to talk about next level commitments, next level relationships, next level outreach, and giving, and faith, and love, and grace, and all the, all the different topics we're going to be going over from the scriptures about taking our Christian life by the grace of God to the next level. And uh, today is it's the end of the Gospel of John series in John 21, and it's the beginning of this next level series. And really, it's a perfect uh, uh, springboard from Easter to today, because truth be told, last week, the main, and the main focus of every message preached from up here, we always come back to the Gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if we're talking about parenting, or, or relationships, or whatever it may be, it all goes back to Jesus Christ and what he did for us and what he wants to do in us. It's only through his strength. It is only through his grace that we can be the people he calls us to be. And so this series uh, that we're starting, this next level uh, living, um, it's, it's perfect that we can start it right from, um, from Easter Sunday. Next level living, though. What is next level living? I thought I should probably clarify what I mean by next level living as we're going to be starting uh, today and then throughout the next few months uh, on next level fill in the blank. Next level living starts with not staying where we are at, but doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. I want to say that again. Next level living starts with not staying where we are at, but doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. It's about following Christ. When you follow something, you're being led. Amen? When you follow, if I'm following, uh, you know, follow the leader, you're following somebody else, something else, and that is leading you to a destination. So when we are following Christ, we are being led to a destination. When you follow something, you're being led to a destination. We are taking our spiritual lives to the next level through Jesus. That's what this series is all about, next level living. But like we've done every other week, we are going to read through John 21. Um, I have the, all the scriptures. We're going to kind of breeze through them. Not breeze through them. We're going to read through them. If you have your phone or if you need a John and Romans, I know there were some in the seats. Uh, we're going to be in John 21. You can follow along with me, and we'll put some scriptures on the screen as we get to the application, but I'm going to read through John 21. So remember, John 21, here we are. 
John 20, Jesus had risen again, and at the end of the chapter, he had appeared to the disciples. Remember, he had, we talked about on Easter last week how he appeared to Mary in the garden. She thought he was the gardener, and then Jesus says her name, Mary, and she recognizes him, and she runs. And Peter and John had run to the tomb and seen it empty. Then Jesus appeared to the disciples. Uh, right there, came through the locked doors and just showed up supernaturally, and they were amazed. Thomas was not there. Remember, Thomas wasn't there. And when the other disciples said, Jesus was here. Thomas said, I don't know if I can believe it unless I see the nail prints in his hand and the, hole, the, the, the pierce in his side. I, I won't believe. Well, then Jesus appears again to, to, uh, uh, to the disciples when Thomas is there. And Thomas sees the nail prints and says, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus says, well, blessed are those who uh, you've seen and believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. And then we got to the end of John 20 when John, the, the author John, said in verse 30, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. This was just the highlight reel. The Gospel of John is just the highlight reel of all that Jesus did in verse 31. But these are written. This, this Gospel of John was written. These miracles were talked about. These messages were preached about that, that John wrote down. They're written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. And that was where we finished last week in John 20. And we're jumping into John 21 now. Remember, the disciples' lives have really been shaken up here. They thought they knew what was coming. And then suddenly Jesus is arrested and tortured and killed on a cross. And it says in another gospel that they all fled. Peter had denied him, remember, around the fire there? So now Jesus has appeared again to several times. I believe it says three times it'll say this as we read through the scriptures. He appeared to them three different times. But still they're kind of like, well, what's, what's, what are we supposed to do? And, 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 and it just kind of, it's a lot of emotion. Think about this over the last few uh, um, days that he was with them. So here we are in John 21, and we'll read in verse 1. It says this, After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. This is how he showed himself. Verse 2, There was together Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, which are James and John, John being the author of the Gospel of John, and two other of his disciples. Verse 3, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. And they say unto him, we also go with thee. These guys, Peter and James and John, before they followed Jesus and became disciples, they were fishermen. This is what they knew. This is what they had grown up doing. Uh, James and John worked for their father. They, they, this was their life, was this fishing life. Which is why Jesus said to them at the beginning, I'm going to make you fishers of men. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night, they caught nothing. They caught nothing. So Peter and James and John, other disciples, again, their, their, their lives have been turned upside down. And Peter says, you know what, I'm, I'm going fishing. Now, we don't know for sure if this was uh, a mindset of like, well, I guess I'm just giving up. I don't think it was that, but it was kind of like, I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to do what I know best. I'm going to go back to what's comforting to me. Maybe even, uh, you know how we all love nostalgia so much? That's why everything nowadays on TV is all pointing back 20 years later. They're remaking shows. And Peter's like, I'm going fishing. And James and John, well, we're coming too. So they go out, what they know, what they're really professionals at, and they catch nothing. Verse number four. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus, probably because it was daybreak, because, you know, the, the sun was coming up, and they see on the shore there's a person standing there. It's Jesus, but they don't know that. Verse five. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. We got nothing. I love that Jesus knows the answer already, but he asks anyway. 
He said unto them, Cast the net on the, other, on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. So, so Jesus, again, kind of the same way that he met Peter, remember? The miracle of the fishes from when he met Peter. And now here he is, and he says, Throw it on the other side of the boat. So they do, and suddenly... Man, this multitude of fish, this miracle happens. Verse number seven, therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved was John, said unto Peter, it's the Lord. Once they saw this miracle happen, they're like, it's Jesus, it's him again. And they, uh, Simon Peter heard that it was Lord. He girt his fisher coats unto him, uh, for he was naked. Apparently they used to fish naked back then. We don't do that now, thankfully. And did cast himself into the sea. He just, he doesn't even wait for the other guys. He just puts his tunic back on, jumps in the water and swims to shore. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it was about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. Verse 9, as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and, a, and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus is cooking breakfast for these guys. Jesus saith unto them, bring of the fish which ye have caught. And Simon Peter went up, drew the net, brought it to land, full of great fishes, and 153 fishes, big fishes. And for all there were so many, the, the net was not broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing it was the Lord? Nobody said, You know, who, who are you? They knew it was Jesus. Verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus suddenly goes from kind of speaking to all the disciples, Come and dine, and feeding them to just Peter. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And what he's saying is, uh, uh, Do you love me uh, more than these other disciples love me? He said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Now we have to do a little bit of a, of a Greek lesson here because it's very important to the context of the scriptures here. See, why would Jesus ask him if he loved him more than the other guys? Like, it's not a competition. Remember, it was Peter that said to Jesus before he was crucified and arrested, it was Peter that said, Even if everybody else leaves, even if everybody else runs away from you, I will die with you. I will stay with you. It was also Peter that the night he was arrested around a coal of fire, right? That denied Jesus three times. So he's, he's almost asking Peter, not in a competition way, but almost like trying to get Peter to realize, I guess, his own pride. And the word love, and, and when Jesus asked the word love, there's kind of like an all the on in languages, whether it's English or Spanish, some words have different meanings. When you say, I love, some, I, I love my wife, and um, I love my iPhone, it's a kind of different kind of love, right? And this is what they're saying here. Jesus is asking this word love, the Greek word agape, this self-sacrificial deep love. When Peter answers and says, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee, Peter's definition of love is what the Greek says, phileo love, which is more like a brotherly, kind of affectionate love, not as deep as this agape love that Jesus mentioned. Verse 16, he saith to him again the second time, Jesus says to, to Peter again, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Agape love, this self-sacrificial deep love. Do you love me? And Peter said to him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Again, Peter answers with this phileo love, this brotherly love, this, this lesser form of still love, but, but kind of like buddies, friends. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Verse 17, he saith unto him, the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now, this, in this scripture, Jesus comes to Peter's level. And this last love is that phileo love. He kind of meets Peter. He, Peter is being humbled here, big time. P 
Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep and take care of my people. He's just helping. He's helping Peter grow here. Verse 18, verily, verily, we're almost done. I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands. Another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. Jesus is telling Peter, and he's really foreshadowing what Peter is going to go through. Peter is going to be crucified as well. Peter is going to serve Jesus and, and do amazing things uh, for the church, for the early church. We'll see it in the book of Acts. When we study through the book of Acts, Peter is just a big pillar of the church. But Peter's going to be persecuted He's going to be martyred. He's going to be crucified upside down. And Jesus is saying, this is what's coming. You're going to serve me, and I'm going to use you in amazing ways. But sooner or later, things are not going to happen. And he finishes his conversation here with Peter, this challenge, with the same words that he called Peter with, saying, follow me. Verse 20, then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved. Peter sees John, and I love, you can see it all through the Gospels, kind of a little bit of a competition between Peter and John, if you look into it. Peter looks at John, and this is also, it says, the disciple that leaned uh, on Jesus' chest at supper, uh, when the, the last supper, and said, who is it going to be that betrays you? Verse 21, Peter seeing him, John, saith to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Like, well, what about him? Verse 22, Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Almost like, it's not up, it doesn't matter what he's doing. I'm talking to you right now. Then went this saying abroad, the, uh, abroad among the brethren that this disciple should not die. People started kind of twisting the words of Jesus, thinking that Jesus said John was never going to die. Yet Jesus said, not unto him he shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? So it's kind of Jesus was using kind of like a metaphor of sorts, hyperbole, just kind of like, it doesn't matter. It's, I'm talking to you. Verse 24, this is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. John is saying, what I've said is true. It's eyewitness accounts. And there are also, verse 25, many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. And can we just praise the Lord that we finished the book of John, please? That's for me, because I'm, I'm, I've loved the book of John. I have just enjoyed it so much, and we, we, we went verse by verse to the Gospel of John Church. That's the first time I've ever been able to do a book of the Bible, and as a church, our first, I'm very excited to do that again. I'll probably do a shorter book, too, maybe one of like seven or eight chapters next time, so we can get through it. Um, but John finishes his Gospel by saying, these aren't even all the things that were written. If they were all written, I don't think the world could contain the books of all that Jesus did when he was here on earth. Amazing things. Amazing uh, 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 gospel that we've seen the words of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, and we're finishing up today as we start our new series on next level living. Remember I said when you follow something, you're being led to a de destination. We're moving forward, we're taking things to the next level, and we see some observations for next level living in this last chapter. It's a beautiful kind of a springboard to move into this series. And I want to start in verse number three, when Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. The other guy said, we'll come too. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing at night. Next level living. I'm going to give you some observations that will help you 
We're going to pray, and we'll be through in just a few moments. And again, I thank you for being here. Let's focus this morning. Let God help us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all you've done for us. Bless this sermon. Lord, we've gone through your scriptures. We've seen oh, it's, it's what it's done and what it's doing in our hearts now. Bless these observations. Help it to help somebody in your precious name. Amen. So John, uh, Peter says, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to what I know. I'm going back to what's comfortable. Next level living leads to lasting fulfillment, which is only found in Jesus Christ. Peter, unsure of what to do with his life now, says, I'm going fishing. And the others said, we're going to. Again, what he's always known, what he had found so much success in before he met Jesus and guess what? He goes all night long with all of his techniques and skills and catches zip, nada, zero. And it's Jesus who sees him on the shore and says, did you guys catch anything? <laughs> no, we didn't. And what does Jesus do? See, Peter kind of went backwards. He kind of went back to his old life for that time. And Jesus was going to use it to help him. And Jesus performs this amazing miracle saying, just listen to me and I'll show you what I can do. Listen, nothing else in life but Jesus Christ will give you fulfillment. Peter saw it in fishing, and guess what? It left him high and dry for that night. We do the same thing. We search for, for fulfillment, for, for fulfillment and peace and joy uh, and stability and other things besides Jesus Christ. We all do, whether it's in relationships or, or job, a job, uh, uh, addictions, Money, whatever it may be, we always are searching for it. And so easy as humans, in our human nature, to seek fulfillment and peace in something other than Jesus Christ. It's why the enemy, ex the enemy exists to draw us from him. To and listen, he does it so often because we fall prey to the lies of the enemy that says, your wife is the one that's supposed to make you happy, Donald. She's one supposed to bring you fulfillment. So when she does something that you don't like or you guys get some tension there, she is failing you. And listen, we cannot put our foundation in anybody but Jesus Christ. He is the only firm foundation. I will fail my wife. I will, uh, my job will not uh, complete me. None of those things will. Lasting fulfillment, next level living, leads to lasting fulfillment, which is only found in Jesus Christ. We must look to him. We must rest in Him. We must uh, make our foundation Jesus Christ where everything begins and ends with the gospel of Jesus Christ in our life. Next observation we see in verse 6. I almost jumped ahead of myself. Verse 6, then he said, this is Jesus speaking now, when he asked him, do you have any fish? No, we don't. Verse 6, then he said, throw your net in the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Next level living leads to miracles that come when you listen to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to continue to see miracles in my life. The truth is, church, all of us, every one of us could walk through life as Christians, as believers, come to church, listen to worship music, read our Bibles, but really just kind of float through life, not next level living, kind of just stable, we're just kind of comfortable, I guess a comfort zone Christianity, where we're not really giving our all, but we're giving some. We're not really sacrificing, but we are like, you know, part of what's kind of going on. And, and you can live a safe and stable life, but I promise you, you're not going to see miracles. 
You're not going to see God. It takes stepping out in faith. It takes uh, sacrificing things to where, yes, you are in a place of need. You are in a place of want. You are in a place sometimes of worry. But those are the moments when Jesus can step in and show you and bless your faith and bless your sacrifice and give you the grace that, yes, we don't deserve, but he gives it freely anyway. Next level living leads to miracles that come when you listen to Jesus. God said, Donald, I want you to take your wife, and four children, one of them with, uh, uh, that you just found out recently had autism, and I want you to go and plant a church in one of the most expensive places in the country. And I want you to travel for a year, uh, a different church each week, and, and, and try to raise support for this church. Listen, that was a big step of faith for us. We had a stable and secure job in ministry, which is what I feel called to, in Michigan, and God led us, and guess what? We got to see miracles. I could have stayed in Michigan. I could have made a paycheck every week. I had a, a parsonage, a home. And I could have been there comfortable. My teenagers loved us. We were, we were helping people. We were doing a good thing. But God was calling us to greater things. God had to start our church in October of 2019, six months before COVID came. Ooh, bad timing, right? Well, God's timing. Because guess what? We got to see God protect our church put our name out there during that lockdown part and do great things. God brought this building to us during lockdown. In fact, the building that we were looking at that we were trying to get had a giant fire and the whole ceiling fell through. Now there's really nothing there. When you decide to listen to Jesus, practice next level living. I'm, I'm not just going to stay in my safe comfort zone. I'm going to take a step of faith you will see God begin to do miracles. I could talk forever. And it, as I was thinking this morning and studying, I'm thinking, wow, Donald, you do it. You, I can't believe there are moments when I am faithless because God has done so many great things in my life. God brought us a home. We had nowhere to live back in 2019. We didn't know where we were going to stay. And God opened up a door that gave us a beautiful rental that was big enough, that was safe for my son. It was perfect before we started our church for over a, over a year. And then guess what? It got sold. And we didn't know where we were going to live next. Then God provided some winter rentals through a miraculous thing. And then guess what? Winter was coming to an end recently. And guess what? We had nowhere to live because of the housing crisis. And we, get, we prayed and sought God and said, God, you've called us here. I've taken a step of faith. What are you going to do now? Because I got nothing. And guess what? He provided a home again and again and again and again. God, we see miracles when we decide to listen to him and step into next level living. Church, I want you to see miracles. I want you to see amazing things happen in your life that you can, that only God can get the glory. You know what's great about the housing situation with me? Although it was horribly stressful and it kept me up a lot and I was probably kind of a jerk sometimes because I was so anxious about it, is it got to a point when there was literally nothing I could do. I couldn't make enough phone calls. I couldn't save enough money. There was literally nothing I could do. It was completely, 100% in God's hands. I was helpless. And that's when God came in and gave an answer. So, I could, so all I could say was, well, it was him. It was him. God did it. God did it. And I want you to see miracles as well. We have to take steps of faith. We have to sacrifice. That's where growth comes. Verse 9, another observation. When they got there, okay, when they came to shore, remember Peter had jumped out naked and got his shirt on and came to shore and Jesus is there cooking breakfast, verse, 20, uh, verse 9 of chapter 21. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Remember what I said. There is, 
definitely a reason that John saw fit to mention that. Because he could have said, Jesus had breakfast for them. But John saw fit, and the Holy Spirit of God, who uh, authored the Bible, had said there was a charcoal fire. There's only one other time in the Scriptures when that Greek word for charcoal fire is used, and guess where it is? It's when Peter is standing around the fire, warming his hands, as Jesus is, has been arrested and being led. Jesus is reminding Peter. Next level living, this third observation. Next level living includes Jesus humbling us while he sustains us. Humbling us while he sustains us. See, Jesus begins, <laughs> you can just imagine Peter coming to shore and seeing the fire and being like, oh my goodness, and remembering. And, but what does Jesus also have there? Not just like, see, remember this, Peter? No, he has breakfast for them. He's sustaining them. He, he, he fed, even though Peter was being humbled in this moment, probably feeling a little guilty, probably feeling a little like, I can't believe I said all that to Jesus and said I was so committed I would never leave him, and then I did. We haven't really had that conversation yet. <laughs> but Jesus feeds him anyway. By the way, with the miracle fish, with the fish that Jesus provided, it's Jesus in his grace that reminds us of who we are, which is never fun, but who we can be and who we are in him. See, guilt and shame, we don't, those are of the enemy, tools of the enemy. Regret can be a grace. It would be foolish of me and it would be wrong of me to look back on mistakes that I've made and sins that I've committed and not feel bad, not have any regret for them. No, I regret that I spent many years in addiction. I, it hurt my marriage. It hurt my, the way I was a father. It hurt my ministry. That was foolish of me. I regret that. But with that regret can come this newfound sense of grace and freedom, knowing that it wasn't me that pulled myself out of the, out of the muck. It was Jesus who lifted me up and gave me new life in him and gave me new grace every morning and, and taught us about forgiveness and grace and love. And it's only through this. So yes, there's humbling, but in the humbling, he sustains us. He takes care of us. He grows us. He grows us. I'm often still humbled. <laughs> Daily, I feel humbled. We had an unfortunate occurrence happen yesterday. It was our, kind of our first slow-down weekend in our new house. We went and ran some errands. We got some bagels from the Bagel Bros, whatever it's called, and Dennis. It was so good. And, we had breakfast on the back porch, and it was just a good day. Well, let's go shopping. So we went shopping and, and got some groceries, and we're traveling back home, and, and um, we were waiting at a Bed Bath & Beyond. My wife went in to grab uh, something for bathroom storage, and, and my son Seth, some of you, all of you know him, some of you met him today, came in the front seat and was just, you know, playing around and literally put his feet on the windshield and just decided to just, boom and literally shattered the windshield. Not like blow out, because windshields don't do that, but I'm talking, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Now I'll say this, Seth's been through a lot of changes recently. He's going through a lot. He can't communicate that, like, hey, I'm tired of moving around, you know? He hears us talk about it. Seth's gonna be, you know, uh, changing schools, and there's gonna be a lot of challenges he's facing. He wasn't being naughty, he wasn't being bratty, he wasn't doing anything like that. 
He can be that way sometimes as a normal kid, but this, he was just, he didn't, because you know why he didn't know? Because he went back and was laughing in the back seat as I'm sitting there like thinking, okay, I don't know how this is going to cost. I have a deductible. And I'm, and I'm, you know what happened in those moments for about an hour and a half? I was miserable. I was miserable. I was not mad at Seth, per se, a little bit probably, in, to my shame. I was mad at just autism and just like, why can't we just like, why can't things just go right for longer than like 38 seconds? You know, like, oh, like, I, and, and as the day went by, I started to realize that I was being, um, I was being foolish. And Jesus began to humble me and say, yeah, you, you, yeah, sure, you're going through a lot, but think about what he's facing right now. Think about what he's going through as a little boy with autism that can't communicate his needs, that has been moved and changed and all these different things. Like, get over yourself, man. <laughs> But in that, you know what, God humbled me and yet sustained me and helped me grow and helped me look back. And I apologize to Seth and apologize to my wife for being quiet and grumpy and all these different things. Listen, we all live there, don't we? It's a daily battle. He humbles us while he sustains us. So when he does humble us, don't buck at it. Don't accept it. Hear the, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Don't push it away. Let it speak to you. And let him grow you. Next observation we see is in verse 15, um, 17. This is when Jesus is speaking to, to Peter. Okay, in those scriptures when he says, Lovest thou me? Do you love me? Then feed my sheep and take care of my people. Then, then do my work that I've called you to do. Do you love me? Do you really love me? I mean, like that agape, do you love me? No, oh, yeah, it's almost like I like you, like you. It's like that's how Peter was answering him, like, I, yeah, I love you. Like, yeah, I love you, man. Like, and, and, and Jesus like, that's not what I'm looking for here. In next level living, okay, we see the scriptures here. I won't read through them for sake of time. But when he asks him three times, next level, in next level living, Jesus will ask questions that he knows the answers to already that we thought we knew the answer to. See, Jesus is questioning, he already knows everything. And Peter says it, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. But Jesus is asking questions that he already knows the answers to that we thought. See, Peter thought he knew how he felt. He thought he knew the man he was. He was very self-confident. Wasn't we see all throughout Peter? Peter, the one that took the sword and cut off uh, uh, the, the servant's ear when they tried to arrest him. He was very self-confident. He was like, no, I will never leave you. I won't deny you. No way. Not at all. I'm with you to the end. And he was the one. Jesus asking these questions, knowing the answers, because he's trying to get Peter to think. And what does Peter do? It says that he, he grieved, didn't he? He grieved. He was that third time, it says he was grieved in his spirit. Can I remind you that grief often brings growth? Grief over ourselves and over our faults and over our mishaps and our sins can often, if we, if we take it right, we just talk about regret, it can lead to growth. And Peter, again, becomes one of the pillars of the early church. Does amazing work for Jesus Christ, is committed, does become that disciple that is committed. It was Peter who, who, who went to, uh, I believe it's Cornelius' house, this Gentile, and, and leads his family to Christ and baptizes them toward the other Jewish people who thought that salvation was only for them. They looked and said, well, I guess salvation is for everybody now, Jew and Gentile. Peter was at the core of that. It's amazing. Jesus is asking questions to Peter, and 
ask questions to us sometimes where we, he knows the answers, but it gets us thinking. Kind of like yesterday for me, Donald, what are you doing right now? Is it really the end of the world? Are you really going to hold this against your special needs son? He knows the answers. He asks these convicting questions, the Spirit of God does, to, to, to help us. Not to make us mad, not to hurt us, but to help us. Grief often brings growth. And this last observation as we finish up. It's in verse 21, and it's when um, Peter looks over to John. And he says in verse 21, Peter asks um, Jesus, What about him, Lord? What about John? Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. Don't worry about John. Worry about Peter. I do it with my kids all the time. Right, Brady, you know, Charlie, I'm like, Don't be a tattletale, but I say, Don't be a tattletale. Really, okay? Well, Charlie, stop. And Jesus is like, don't worry about John. Worry about Peter. Next level living. And this is a tough one. I should have started with this instead of ending with it, but it's the nature of the passage. Next level living won't come if we are so focused on other people's growth that we neglect our own. Ooh, I know that was a tough one. Ooh, everybody's going, ooh, ah, ooh, oh yeah, I set my toes. I know, me too. Next level living won't come we are so focused on other people's growth that we neglect our own. Now, hear me at church. This is, I'm going to say we, that includes me. We are often prideful. And for you that, maybe some of you are like, you know what, you're right. I know a lot of people in my life that are very prideful. <laughs> no, we, all of us, are often prideful. We are often cynical. We are often selfish. We are often judgmental. We are often self-righteous. And the worst part is, with all those truths about us, facts about us, we use other words to describe ourselves. I'm not prideful. I'm just, I'm just more put together than this guy. I'm not cynical. I'm just a realist. I'm just telling it like it is. Uh, I'm not selfish. I'm just taking care of my own. I'm taking care of what I need to take care of. I'm just telling it like it is. I'm doing my best. And, and, and we, we use other ways to say it when really we're just... We're just slapping a bunch of makeup on a pig, and we're just calling sin something else to make ourselves feel better. Anytime I have drifted my focus from my own weaknesses to the weaknesses of others, I suddenly get this false feeling of strength. I do. It's so easy for me. Maybe, it's, maybe you are more of a humble person. I struggle with humility so often, and God reminds me so often that, that I do. Whenever I lose my focus on my own weaknesses, my own needs, and dependency on Jesus Christ, and focus on other people's, like, well, if only they did this and this. Maybe if they stopped doing this and that, then they would this. I suddenly portray myself as this strong, independent Christian. And may God deliver us from being like the Pharisees that we studied so much about over the last year and a half the religious elite that thought they had everything put together and they were the ones that pointed the fingers and they were the realists and they were the ones that were, you know, taking care of their own and doing their best and, and just put together more than the other people. May we not be like, may God deliver us from being like the Pharisees of old. May God help us see the Pharisee in me. May God remind me of the Pharisee in me. 
and help us live lives of constant humility. God can give us grace to live in constant humility and just continually serve others and love others. Yesterday, after I was having a bad attitude all day, Seth needed a change. And Marissa's like, I'll t- I can take care of it. I said, no, I need to serve him. I need to serve him. So I did. Because I knew my heart. And I said, <laughs> who am I? Have I ever made mistakes? Have I ever, and, I, and I, I'm an adult, and I had to serve him. And, and God can give us grace to live in humility. Knowing our weaknesses, knowing our weaknesses, embracing the weaknesses, because then we rely on the strength of Christ to get us through, to get to that next level living. We have a ways to go, church, in this series. But as we finish up John today, and as we start this new series, let's, let's really commit to this next level living as a church. I want you to be here. Please be faithful to the services of, of Coastline. I don't want you to miss things. I understand we have things online. You can listen to it later on, but be in the house of God. Be here. Don't miss it. Do your best to be here. I understand we have commitments sometimes, but may God give us the grace and, 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 and speak to our hearts. Let's be here. We're going to be covering uh, our next level outreach, next level giving, next level worship, next level commitments, next level relationships, love, next level faith, next level community, and a myriad of other topics as well, this next level living. And all of it, all of it, all of it's going to go back to Jesus Christ. That is how we get to the next level, by looking back at the cross by remembering what he did for us. He is the foundation. He is the bedrock. He is the source of it all. Listen to me, church. Listen to me this morning. If we are not growing, if you are not growing in your Christian faith, you are dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. Bottom line, you must, like a plant that needs water and fertilizer and care, you must be committed to your spiritual life. Part of it, yes, is the scriptures, is, is prayer, and part of it is meeting together with other believers and being in the house of God. If we're not growing, we are dying. We must be moving and striving by the grace of God, by his strength, dependent on him, focused on him, the author and finisher of our faith, moving to the next level. I urge you, church, desire it. Desire the next level. Crave next level living. Pray for next level. And God, please, bring me to the next level. I want to get close to you. I want to know more about you. I want to love people in a greater way. I want to worship in a more real way. God, bring me to that next level and settle for nothing less. Our theme scripture for this whole year for this series is Isaiah. Remember, God says, I'm doing a new thing. I'm making, I'm making rivers in the desert. And he asks the question, do you see it? Do you see it? In church, I, I pray and ask God that you'll have vision for your own lives. That God can use you. God wants to bring you to the next level as a Christian, as a believer. Do amazing, miraculous things in your life and for your families. So be here. Let's, let's learn together. Let's grow together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. Please be with us, God. Please help us to, to remember all that you've done. God, help us to, to, to crave that next level living. To depend upon you. To devote our lives to you. To commit our hearts to you. To ask you for the right kind of desires. 
Lord, to set aside earthly and fleshly things that hold us back and, and, completely, and, and completely and wholly give our all to you, to make ourselves, our bodies, a living sacrifice for you. You want to do amazing things in Coastline. And God, I know, you, I believe that you want to take Coastline to the next level. And it's going to come from individually, each one of us relying on you, strengthening our relationship with you by your grace, and us taking our spiritual lives to the next level. Give all of us, in the name of Jesus, next level living. You're doing a new thing. You're doing a great thing. Lord, those who couldn't be with us today, God, bless them. Bring them to us, God. Help us to reach out. Help us to love each other, God, as you call you. You said the world will know who you are and who you follow by your love one for another. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.